At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Man, Barbara, I thought I thought I was prepared for you today. I don't know a lot of things. <laughs> That's okay. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. Hello, and welcome to the Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I am your host and a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I'm very excited to have Selena with me this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe we're in the process of recording. I, I think it's season four, which is crazy to me. We're over a hundred episodes now. That's amazing. And you know what? I started from like, I'm like that. I started from the first one. So <laughs> I oh, started from saying, yeah. Oh my God. The first ones, I feel like I'm, I just am going to apologize because I know the audio was horrible because we had we were like just trying to figure it out to see if it would work. So we were just recording in like a conference room in my office. <laughs> That's funny. No, yeah, I started from the bottom and then I, I, it's cool to see how much like everything's changed or little things have changed and stuff like that. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's, it has evolved a little bit. I do feel like we finally have better audio. Um, so that is amazing. Yeah, we, it came, we came, I came up with the idea in a bar and then my friend and I like, decided because you know all the best ideas happen while you're having drinks at a bar <laughs> yeah. and so we were like yeah we'll just like do some podcast in my conference room on a Saturday we'll like put out like a Facebook message and then we got all these girls like obviously we didn't know and they all really liked it at the end of the day we were like we think that this like could really be a real podcast so then we just kept trucking yeah, like all of them that I think apply to like whoever I went to grad school with or something, I'll send it to them because like we always talk about money like in the office because we're kind of like, what do we do? So I I think there was one specifically, I forgot which one, but I sent it to her because I was like, oh, this talks about, we'll talk about it later. But I told her like, oh, it talks about the um, the loan, the public service loan forgiveness. So I sent it to her because we had so many questions and you answered pretty good with it. So I was like, oh, listen to this. 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so great to hear. Yeah, because yeah. you never know. I just did a one right before you, and um, I think it was like really the only girl I've had on whose situation was so similar to my sister. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you guys, you guys are, it took almost 100 people, but you guys are almost pretty similar with your financial situations, which is pretty cool. Um, well, great. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You just sent me a really organized um, document. You know, I love a good spreadsheet or document. So um, give our listeners an overview, age, um, married, not married, uh, wh- what you do for work, what you make, all that sort of jazz. Okay. So I'm 25. I'm engaged. Um, and I am a children's social worker for the county. Um I live in Los Angeles right now. We have a apartment. Um, and then I know Los Angeles is really big. So just to kind of narrow the area and to, I guess, get a better idea of why rent is so expensive. It's like um, probably like five to 10 minutes from downtown LA. Um, yeah, but only temporary. So <laughs> yeah, LA, I feel like... New York uh, City area and then California have been like some of the super high rent numbers that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very high. Um, when people hear it, they're like, "What?" But I'm just like, "It's temporary." Like, hopefully, you know, we could get ready for a house. Not forever. Yeah. Okay, great. And then, what? How much do you make as a social worker? So, uh, salary, right? Okay. So, um, after tax, sure. Am I correct? Okay. (laughs) So after tax, it's about, um, 50 before tax it's 66. Um, yeah. So $50,700 pretty much on the dot. Um, yeah. So then monthly, um, I bring in like four, 4225 and then I get paid uh, every um, 15th and 30th. Perfect. Okay, so then you – so it's not 26. It's 24 paychecks, and so it works yeah. out to be the 4225 a month. Yes. Perfect. Okay, great. I love monthly breakdowns. Um, awesome. Okay, and so then I do you want me to run through – I have all of your expenses, but so I feel like the real sticker shock one is the rent at 1750 Yes. So the rent, um, as of right now, uh, my fiance pays the rent. Um, so all the other monthlies I kind of pay for, so he does rent and then like his own like phone and car. And then I kind of like get all the utilities and stuff like that. Um, so you have car at 300 storage at 105 phone at 70 Wi-Fi at 50 Amazon food, Wells Fargo payment, electric, and then car insurance, which car insurance looks like it's probably like 60 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. About. Okay. So then your, your expenses come to what a thousand just for monthly expenses, a thousand, we'll just say a thousand 25. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay. Perfect. Um, and so you're living with your fiance, so he pays it, he pays the rent. What does your fiance do for work? He is a um, software developer. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah. So uh, he gets um, 
he makes a little more, but about the same, um, give or take a couple. Like, I think he gets $100 more um, for also to the 15th and the 30th he gets paid. Okay, perfect. Okay, so pretty comparable. And so the way you split it is he does rent and then you do everything else. Yeah. Perfect. For and then- right now, I think we talked about it. Like, whenever we do get a house or something, we're going to um, we're gonna split, like, all of the um, – like mortgage, utilities, food, phones. We're going to kind of get everything together and then split it at that time. But for right now, it's just working good for us to do it like this. Perfect. I just, I, everyone does it differently. So I always just like to ask. Um, yeah. And I've been asking so many people, like, how do you do it? Like, do you combine your finances? So many people say combine it. You're like, they're like, you're married, you're one, combine it. And so many other people are like, dude, have your separate stuff. (laughs) So I'm like, I think we just need to do trial and error, kind of see how it's going to work. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it depends on the couple. um, And I think whatever works for you is probably the best. My dad always described personal finance, like putting on a jacket. And if you Mm -hmm. take the jacket like off the rack, like it might fit some person perfectly, but then other people are going to have to have it altered to fit them perfectly. So whatever fits you and your fiance the best is what's best for the two of you. Um, and every it is interesting because I feel like so many people do it differently. Like I talked to one girl and they basically have a rule in their marriage where if you're going to spend over $500 or something like high, you have to check in with the other person and not because they're in control, but just like out of like a courtesy kind of check in. Yeah. So like, hey, I'm going to spend a lot of money on this. Um, I've heard all sorts of things. I've heard people who do it like total, like totally separate, you know, where they just put money into like all the, like everything, their checking accounts are all different. And then they just can kind of each take a bill and split it that way. Um, and then people do it the total opposite where they, all the money goes into just a joint account. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really different. And I feel like no one really talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then when they, when they so it's funny because when they do talk about it I feel like I'm opening that door because I'm asking them so I feel like when the time comes they're gonna be like so what'd you do and I'm like well I don't want to tell you (laughs) I was just gathering information yeah I know I'm like it it was just for a survey it's fine (laughs) we don't need to talk about it anymore no I'm not participating in yours (laughs) okay well that so that sounds good okay so similar I, I was just curious like similar salaries um, and mm-hmm. then it looks like we have some, it looks like you have a really great retirement benefit that they match 9% or you're doing 9% and they're matching five or walking through um, benefits. Yes. Okay. So the retirement, I have no idea. Um, it was kind of just something that uh, we signed up for. Um, there wasn't really a, I don't want to say there's not an option, but it's just something that the company signs everyone up for. So it says that it's a, um, retirement general plan G with Lacera. Um, so I have no idea. It just says contribution rate 9.11%. Okay. So... Yeah, I don't I don't know much about the retirement one. Well, because so, um, you're, so you're a county employee, so you're a government employee, yeah. correct? Yes. Okay. And so what are you looking at one of your state your retirement statement now or are you looking at it online? Um yeah, it's kind of just it kind of it was kind of like a like a welcome letter okay. saying, saying like what 
they signed me up for. So um, what I'm looking at, it just says retirement plan, general G, membership date, August 1st of this, of 2020. And then my birthday, and this is contribution rate, 9.11, and then entry age 25. Okay. So it looks like they're contributing 9% of your salary. Do you know how much you have in there currently? I do not know. Okay. So that you're going to have a little homework after our podcast. Um, okay, great. So I want you to go find out wh- how you access it and make sure, I want you to make sure a couple of things. I want to make sure they're, and you can also check on your pay stub that money's going into your work retirement plan. Mm-hmm. It's probably, a def- it should be, I think, like a deferred comp plan or 457. Just so the, hori- the Horizons one that's under it, the yeah. 5% match, I know that one's a 457B. Okay, great. Yeah, so that one's the one I, I put in um, 5%, so it comes out to like $175. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I put that in and then they match it. Perfect. Okay. So that, so the, the 457B, you're putting money in and they're matching 5%. Yes. Are you putting in five to get the five? Yes. Okay. So you're doing, well, I'm putting in five and they said something like in the entry orientation or whatever that, um, they match like four point something, but so I just put five. Okay. Perfect. So then you're you're probably doing about 9% total with their money and your money, right? Yes. Okay. And you, you picked investments inside of it, right? Um, I don't know. Okay. We're going to check on that. And then I think with your okay. other one, um, do you get a pension with your job? Yes. Um, from my understanding, um, after five years. Okay. And are you planning on staying in the government job? I plan to. Okay. Um, okay. So I really plan to because of, I mean, I know we're going to get to it later, but the... Um, my student loan debt. <laughs> I'm trying to do the public service loan forgiveness. Okay. So I know that that's like 10 years. So um, I just feel comfortable knowing that this job for sure covers it. Um, so that's why I would like to, but you know, whatever happens, happens. I know one of our goals as a family is to uh, move to San Diego one day. Um, they obviously have a um, child services, their own thing over there too. So um, I'm not worried about that. It's just, um, yeah, I just want to make sure it's covered because that I have a hefty. Yeah, you have a hefty student loan. Okay, so I was just curious because I think it would be beneficial to you to understand more of the benefits of the government job. Yeah. Um, so we could do we could do a little homework where you get me some of those documents and I could take a look uh, for you just so you have a better understanding of what's available to you and what you're going to get. Um, okay. And I would also find out just if you are thinking about San Diego down the road, if you could stay in the government system, right? Even though it's maybe a different county, you're still in the state of California. So maybe those. Yes. Yeah. So they have, they have, yeah, pretty much it would just be like a transfer. It's the same exact uh, company. Yeah. Um, Just the only thing I'm like, damn, is it's a, it's a really big pay cut because Los Angeles County, it pays the most for the child services Uh, here. Yeah, so um, if I go to San Diego, I believe I've calculated it, and it's like a twenty thousand wow. dollar difference. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's what I'm nervous for. 
but well and then maybe even if you're in a different financial position but i think mm-hmm. i think for two reasons understanding your benefit and if you're going to stay in this field staying within the government system for two reasons one you can make sure you're going to take advantage of all the benefits the government job offers and then two yes you have a very hefty loan amount i have you what you sent me is 125,000, almost 126,000. Yes. Yikes. Okay. So um, you are going to do the public service loan forgiveness program, right? Yes. Okay. Perfect. And you understand the program? Yeah. So um, I'll tell you what I understand and you tell me if it's right or not. Um, Okay. So um, I'm in the process cause I kind of, um, I was like, who do I send this to? Cause I know you have to, um, get, uh, some type of paperwork approved. Uh, I think it's every year. Yes. You've done um, yes. Yeah. So I, you have to get paperwork approved every year and then, um, just keep getting that and obviously keep my documentation. And then once the 10 is up, um, with consecutive payments. Um, once the 10 is up, then I submit everything and then hopefully get loan forgiveness. Because I've just been watching like videos where people don't do it right or they didn't know that you had to get paperwork signed and then come 10 years, like they weren't eligible. Um, so yes, the statistics on it are staggering of how yeah. people are unable to, to do it correctly. But yes, you have to have it recertified every year. Um, you have to make the qualifying payments, right? Um, and then I'm just trying to think of like what else I've seen people mess up with. Do, do, do. Have you worked with anybody that's been successful with it? <laughs> I have not. The, the thing is, it hasn't been from when it's been in, when it was initially conceived, the concept, right? To take mm-hmm. this out, we haven't had... I mean, the first round of people who qualified, you know, who met the 10 years, there were so many mistakes that so few people qualified. Um, I have not worked with anyone who has successfully done it because I feel like most of the people I've worked with are in the program. Um, I've met with people who have definitely made mistakes where they're like, four, they thought they were four years in and they weren't because they didn't recertify. Yeah. Or they didn't, they weren't actually in the public service program, right? They didn't initially get in because then your loans basically, I'm just trying to refresh my memory on it. You have to be in one of the income-based repayment programs. And so that means that your loans are then moved over into a different third party. One of the women I met with hadn't ever done that. She was working for a qualifying institution, but like hadn't actually, she wasn't on an income-based repayment program. I'm not sure how she thought she was in the program, but she hadn't taken the initial steps to get in. Yeah, because I was looking at it the other day and there there were, I wish I kept track of what the two were, but there were two that were like income based. They kind of worked with what I could pay, yeah. but I was reading and like one was like, this one's beneficial if you file joint. This one's, well, like I'm, I'm thinking when... When you get married. Me and my fiance. Yeah, when we are married. So this one's like, oh, this one is when like this one's good if you file joint this one's good but you have to file separate or something like that yeah i do think you're gonna have to look at that before you get married how you're gonna have to structure your taxes because the income base is based on your income so if you're married filing joint they're gonna look at both income yeah so um i was thinking of just doing the (laughs) because my mom always tells me like 
file separate, file separate. And I'm like, and I have no idea what any of that means. Like, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> Did you know that Future Rich offers three online classes in partnership with SUNY Ulster? Well, you're in luck, we do. We have our Future Rich Signature course, our Student Loans course, and our brand new Social Security course. All of these classes can be found on our website at www.futurerichpodcast.com. So Mary Filing Join, I would say, um, is the most forgiving of the tax brackets. You get, not that the government should encourage you to be married, but I feel like you get a little bit more of a break, Mary Filing Join, than you do as a single filer. So basically, um, Mary Filing Separate isn't advantageous, um, except in this situation, because it, it basically makes you, you don't get the advantages of married filing joint. If you do married filing separate, you're basically almost like a single filer. So you're not getting the advantages, but for you in this instance, you would want to just show only your income, right? Because you're going to be paying based on income, income income-based repayment program that you're in Mm -hmm. in the public um, service loan forgiveness. So I think married filing separate would make the most sense, but I would absolutely talk to an accountant. Um, and I can give you a name of a woman who's very good with student loan. And this is the way I look at these things. This is going to be 10 years of your life. This is a very uh, different, uh, difficult program. It's very convoluted. And there have not been that many people that are successful with it. I think it's worth paying an expert in who like really focuses just on this to make sure that you have it all right. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be would be prudent if, if, if I were in your shoes, it's a, a lot of money. And if you can get this forgiven and especially with the public service loan forgiveness, there's no tax bill at the end of it, which is huge. I would say it's worth getting a second opinion just to make sure that you understand the program well and that all your forms are in and everything is accurate. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any suggestions of somebody who can help me with that, I totally want to do that. Yeah. So I, I've had her on my show. Her name is Leslie Tain. She's a debt attorney. Um, I would definitely pay for a consultation through her office just to make sure all your paperwork is the way they think it needs to be to make sure that you're on the right track with this, with this program. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. And you could listen to, I did a podcast with just her. We'll probably have her back on the show. She has been working with student loans. I want to say for like over 20 years. So she just has an incredible knowledge about, about debt and debt forgiveness. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like the other things, I mean, we can, we can talk a little bit about it as well is, as we said, you just need to make sure you, it's a qualifying institution that you get it recertified every year. Um, you also want to make sure that all of your loans are in the income-based repayment program system. Right. Um, and I just, I would have to double check. I forget who the administrator is for that. Um, Who's administering your, your loans right now? Okay. Um, I thought I understood, but I could totally be wrong. After hearing a bunch of your shows, I'm like, dang, do, do I really? It just says Fed loan. So I did it all through um, FAFSA. Okay. So is that true? that Because it's kind of, it just says Fed loan, but obviously like I have like eight 
of them. I think so, but we're going to have to double check. I just didn't prep on this on this before we started talking and I haven't looked at it in a little bit. So I don't want to say anything without having just refreshed my memory. So let, I'll double check on that for you and get back to you just to make sure. Yeah. I just felt like, and I just haven't looked at it in a while. I felt like they all had to be underneath the same. So they're all fed loans, which is good. It means that's your one administrator. Yeah. But, and did you go yeah, to the income repayment program or no? Um, I have not yet. No. Cause I think, um, I was, when I, when I saw those two that would fit for me, um, I got into this whole wormhole of the whole like file married, file separate. So I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? And then I panicked and then I didn't sign up for anything. Okay, so um, that's probably going to be, that'll probably be your first step. Um, but yeah, I would say, I, I think it'd be worth doing a little consult with Leslie's team. Um, Mm-hmm. And checking off all the boxes and making sure you have all of it right. But yeah, you're going to have to get into one of the income-based repayment programs. And then you're going to have to get it certified. And you just started working for them, right? This past August? Yeah, yeah. I just, like, I think uh, July 31st was my first day. And then I finished school um, May 2020. Okay, perfect. So I had a, yeah, I had a couple months where I wasn't working. Um, and then I started. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So let's make sure we get this squared away ASAP um, so that we can get this started to count for you because it'd be great if if you could just pay based on your income for the next 10 years and then have the majority of your loan forgiven, especially, and I think that's why it's important to um, commit the 10 years to working for the government because then Mm-hmm. you'll just have to pay little bits on this for 10 years and then you can be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting, um, cause okay. Like, uh, I haven't heard of anybody like doing this program in my office or like successfully doing it. So I've kind of been asking around so many people, like who do I get it signed by and who do I send it to? I finally got an answer from one of my coaches. So she told me exactly who I need to send it to in headquarters. So now I know the process. Um, so now I'm pretty confident of like, okay, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing every year. So I have all the paperwork. I just need to get it signed and sent to our headquarters. Okay, perfect. Well, that's, that's good that you did that because that's, I feel like that's also a hurdle to figure out who in your office is going to help you qualify. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I feel like giving it cause they're like, you have to get it signed by your like direct manager. And I'm like, I feel like she's going to look at this and be like, what is this? Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> um, okay. Barbara, I have another question though. Um, so with the whole, the world being crazy right now and, um, student loans have been like, what's the proper word like deferred like we don't have to pay yeah, them there's no interest on them currently through october which is okay so which worked out really well for you since you just graduated because if correct me if i'm wrong but your balance should be identical from what it was it shouldn't be growing at all yeah okay yeah so i guess like i don't know um because i i read something on like some page that i follow that it still counts for um, public service loan forgiveness, but I'm like, I, I don't know if I don't know if that means like just the months are adding up with no payments, or you would have to be paying still for. Ah, that is a great question. Yes, because you're not obligated to make any payments, and I would have to look that up to see what they've said about the public um, service loan forgiveness. But I 
you're not delinquent, right? This is whole like basically a pause no. on the student loans. So I would hope yeah. that this period of time is counting for you so that we could be one year in. Awesome. But Okay. I need to get this done ASAP. Yeah, we need to, yeah, <laughs> we need to get you set up ASAP. And this would just, it's just my recommendation. I'm sure people have figured it out online. I just think because people have been so unsuccessful with getting through this program and getting it forgiven, mm-hmm. I would go talk to a person who has probably helped, you know, she's definitely negotiated loan forgiveness. Um, so I think that's why she would be the one that's, I don't know many people have an expertise in student loans. And so I think it'd be worth paying whatever the hourly is to just say, here are the forms. This is what I filled out. Is this all correct? Is there anything I'm missing or any mistakes that I should be, you know, looking out for? Okay. Got it. Got it. I feel a little more confident now. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I just think that it's like when you're only doing something, you know, the first time you're doing something in anything in life, it's easy to make a mistake. And this is just so critical that it's done right. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely, that's what I would do if I were in your shoes. And even though like I've read so much about this, I would still be like, you know what? I'm going to hire somebody who does only this because I do eight other things during the day. So it's not my expertise. (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. I'm trying to be an expert at everything and it's, it's, I'm amateur. I'm I'm floating. I'm getting by. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard to be an expert at everything. Okay, perfect. So we're going to get you in the public loan uh, forgiveness program. We're going to get, hopefully you'll get a, consultation from an expert on this just to make sure you're in it right because there have been so many mistakes with this program between the recertifying with the employer making sure you're in what whatever is your best income-based option how do you file now that you're looking to get married um, and making sure we actually get all the student loan forgiven over the next 10 years and then you're going to have a little bit of homework I I would like to see your retirement benefits just so we can see if that nine percent is your pension um just so we have a better understanding of what benefits you have with your government job, since we're planning on being in the government job for 10 years, we want to maximize it. And then um, how are we doing with the credit card debt? Um, okay, so that credit card, it's actually only one credit card, but I'm like super proud of myself <laughs> because I've just been throwing my money. My credit card debt was like 18000 and I got it, yeah, during grad school, I was totally, I was swiping, they were increasing, so I was swiping. Swipe heavy, you're like, I'll just swipe for this. Yeah, because I, I worked, like, I only worked on Fridays, and that was literally, like, just my gas money, because um, I had a crazy commute for grad school. It was just insane. So it is a $6,000 credit card, but I'm so happy it's not that 18000 anymore. <laughs> You're making um, some big headway with your credit card. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, when I tell you, I just want a house. I want a house so bad. So I'm trying to get all of our um, expenses and like our credit, like good. So I'm just super um, picky right now with like, I'm, I don't know what it's called. I think it's called like a zero balance. Like I make sure like every dollar of my checks is like going to something. Okay, um, great. Yeah. So I was going to ask when you get done with your, so you're really piling on on the credit card. So when you get done with that, are you going to take that money and then use that to save for a down payment? Um, okay. So that's, that's where things, um, not things get tricky, but so my, um, my fiance's, uh, parents were, uh, generous enough to leave him with money. 
Um, so he has around, they left him with around maybe like a hundred thousand. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. So he really wants to, um, use that money to, for a down payment. I've been hearing like so many things like, um, first time homeowners, like they only pay 3% or something like that. So obviously like I, I would feel terrible to use like all of his money. So I wouldn't want to do that. So, um, but yeah, we, we pretty much have, I think we pretty much have a down payment covered, but obviously still this is LA and prices are prices are crazy. So yes, you have the option if you use an FHA loan, you don't have to put as much down. If you put less than 20% down, you're going to pay PMI, which is primary mortgage insurance. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I would say, depending on the because you, the thing is, you're used to paying a really high rent, right? And with interest rates really low, what you're used to paying in rent would probably still be comfortable. The one thing I will warn you is houses, when things go wrong, it can be very, very expensive. Not that this is a normal cost. I don't know what happened to my sewage pipe, but it cost me $21,000 to band-aid it. Wow. Not even fix it, band-aid it. I paid $21,000 band-aid 15 <laughs> feet under the ground somewhere. Um, oh my goodness. So I always like to warn people that with things with a house, you're now in charge of like all everything inside. So right. The, the roof, the furnace, sewage is particularly expensive. I found out. Um, and you are usually liable for, especially in a city running your sewage line to the main line. Um, and that typically isn't very insurable, meaning it's not usually covered. It's just your like, kind of like your roof and a roof is really expensive investment too. So I wouldn't go up to what you're paying in rent for a mortgage. I would go lower just so that you have some wiggle room in your budget to save for like emergencies or the property. Okay. Cause it's always the way I look at it, it's always better to be conservative and be prepared for an emergency. Right. And then have a buffer of cash so that if something happens with the furnace or, um, I mean, in LA, you probably do, you probably don't use that much heat. I don't even know if you would use that much air conditioning. Um, but if a pipe bursts or something happens in the property, um, like a sewage line or something like that, or the roof, you have money available. So it doesn't end up on a credit card. Yeah. Yeah. So you would recommend if not the same rent, just staying well, like staying at, staying that, at that, but where you're all in, like where that's going to do taxes, insurance, mortgage. And then um, I would make sure that I always like to call it like the house emergency fund. Like you all should have your own emergency fund. You have a government job, so you're usually a little bit more stable than a private sector job. Um, but I feel like you should always be putting away money for the house so mm-hmm. that when something comes up, like, if, you know, like if you have to call a plumber, right? that those little variable things that come up with owning a property don't set you back financially. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is like, I also have a financial example for me and uh, my fiance whenever. So basically what we're trying to do is, um, we each have our separate, um, savings accounts just so we have, you know, a little something separate, but we also want, um, a joint savings, um, for those purposes, like for house, like in case something happens. Um, So our goal is to get like 6,000 in our separates and then, um, and then like 
15 to 20 in our joint. That's our goal. It'll take probably a couple, um, a couple tries, but right now for my savings, I have like 15,000. And that's really just because I feel terrible that he's going to put down the down payment. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll pay closing costs. So um, that's my contribution to whenever we do get a house. Perfect. And wait, I have a question for you though. If you have yeah fifteen thousand, you have fifteen thousand in cash, right? Have you yes. thought about using some of that to pay off the credit card and then just replenishing your savings? Um. Okay. So if I'm being completely honest, this is why the fifteen thousand is there because I for the program I went, so I got my master's in social work and I was part of a stipend program. So they gave me 40,000, but what I did that was terrible that I will, I've done a lot of stupid financial things. So what I did was I took out the max loans and just used the 40,000 for like, um, living expenses. Um, but what I should have just done is you know, factored in the 40 and only took out like the difference. So that 15,000 is there because I wanted it as a cushion just in case like the, what is the, the student loan, like payment, just in case like it got too overwhelming or something. I was going to use that. Yeah. So technically like I, I'm now that I'm just going to use it for, um, but I was going to replenish it until the September um, till we have to start paying again. So I have so many like little jumbled replenishments in my head. Um, yeah, but I did not think about like, I, I totally could like, cause I really don't mind throwing my paychecks at like a card or if it, if it gets it down, like it gets it down. So I definitely don't mind doing that. What you I would just would do that because right your interest rate on your credit card is, I'm just going to guess is significantly higher than your bank account interest. Yeah. It's like 22 percent or yeah, something. Yeah, so you could just pay that off and probably replenish because what are you putting a month towards the credit cards? I've been putting uh I've kind of just been a month I've been putting like around a thousand, but it it, it just keeps creeping up, Barbara. <laughs> so I would so I would take it out of um uh, I would take it out of the savings account. I would pay it off and then I would pay yourself back because you'll have yourself paid back. Um, before the you have to start paying on the interest on the student loans, and the student loan can be based okay. on uh, income, so it shouldn't be that high. Because we should get you, you should be by the time October rolls around, you should be able to have paid back yourself into your savings account. You then have no credit card, and we should be in the loan forgiveness program at that point. Even though you won't have a payment until October, we should you should have like the approximate calculation so since it'll be income based. Got it. Got it. I, I like sense. that goal. I wrote it down. Yes. <laughs> and then my, my car too. I know my car, I owe 10,000. That's another stupid thing I did. Oh my God. I, I literally, I'm paying double for my car oh. pretty much. I was like super stubborn and I wanted a brand new car in 2015. I was like, no, I want a new car. I want a new car. So I leased it but I lived, um, I lived like a hundred miles from where my, um, my undergrad was. So I was just racking up my miles on my freaking leased car, 
not knowing that I have to pay extra for the miles. And they really charge you a lot. Yes. So when I went back to the dealer, he's like, dude, what did you do with it? (laughs) Like, and I explained my situation and he said, to be honest, I mean, I don't even know if this is true. He might've totally got me, but he was like, I would just say, keep it because you're going to have to pay extra for the miles. So now I'm pretty much paying double for my car. Okay, so I would also look to maybe refinance that. I don't know what your interest rate is okay. on that, but I would look to see if you can make that more efficient. All right. So you are getting a lot of homework here, my dear. Okay. Yes. So I want you to jot down your homework. So I want you to get your retirement plan information so we know what your benefits are at work. You are going to um, get into the income-based repayment. And you're going to, I think, whether you meet with Leslie or you meet with another student loan, I would meet with somebody who is an expert in the public loan forgiveness program so that we can make sure that you're really set up properly for that. Because I just looked it up, but it looks like the most recent data is that 1,200 people had their loans forgiven under the program, which was an improvement from the original, like, 100 people. But over 100,000 applications were rejected. Man, okay. I need to talk yeah, to you Leslie. Need to, well, just confirm that we talked to somebody. Um, and then I want you to look at your look. I want you to pay off the credit card debt and then replace your um, replenish your emergency fund so that we get that back up to 15000 which you should be able to do in basically six months, give or take six or seven months, which will get you to right before you have to start making your loan payments. And I want you to look at potentially refinancing your car loan to make it more efficient. Okay. Um, How do you go about refinancing? So that's a great question. Um, So my, you want to shop around. Uh, I was gonna say my dad always like really promotes credit unions. He always promoted them to me. Not necessarily has to be a credit union. I would just look to see who's offering a low rate on a car loan. And then you go to them and say, I have this existing loan. This is what I'm paying and see if they can do better. Right. So if you're paying 4%, maybe they could give you something for two and a half percent. Okay, cool. Actually, my fiance, um, he does, it's in some type of credit unit. It's called like LA PCFU or something. Um, and he actually just put my name under it too. Um, yeah, so maybe I could go through there. Yeah, because then you're a member. So with a credit union, you need to be a member. So then you have an account with them. So you could go to them and just say, do you have any, like, what's your car loan rate and see what they're offering. And then you can, you can refinance it. Okay. Does that cost anything like yeah. to refinance? It usually does. It just, um, but it could still save you money over the long term. You just have to see what it's going to cost to do it and what the new rate is going to be. Okay. So you think a fair rate, like a pretty good rate is like between two and three-ish? Yeah. Or if you can get it down lower, I'm not sure. Would you know what you're paying currently on your car loan? No. Okay. You have to see what you're currently paying and then you have to see what you could get out in the marketplace. And I would start with the, the LA credit union. Okay. And okay. Then see, and, and they can, they should be able to run the numbers um, and you're more than welcome to send them to me. But you basically want to be saving money is the goal. Got you want it. to reduce okay. your cost on the car. Okay. Awesome. Man, Barbara, I thought I thought I was prepared for you today. <laughs> I don't know a lot of things. <laughs> That's okay. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. <laughs> um, just I want you to do all of these things before you buy a house. Okay. All right. Sounds good. That will be my mission. 
because I want a house. Oh my god, like in it's been raining. Well, I say raining, but in LA we don't know what real rain is. But anyway, so it's been raining here and there, and it keeps seeping through our vents and everything like that. So we're like. Uh. In our head, we're like, man, we just want a house. But then also, if that were to happen in our house, we would have to worry about it, not the landlord. Yeah, 100%. And I always say it's better to wait like a year, make sure you're financially ready, and then enjoy it rather than doing it a little too early and being stressed. Yeah, that's um, – I'm pushing for it. I'm not going to lie. I'm like – I want it so bad. And my fiance's like, I really think we should wait a little more or things like that. So I'm being stressed. Stubborn, but to be honest, yeah, I think that might be <laughs> the way we have to go is kind of just wait. Yeah, you'll probably enjoy it way more if I think we need to check off some of these little to dos first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you'll be in a better financial position, like when you go to qualify for the loan too, because you'll have the credit card debt down. You'll have made more progress on the car loan. Hopefully, we can make that more efficient. You'll know what your student loan payment is going to be based on the income base. We'll know how you're going to be filing your taxes. So you'll have a lot checked off because these are all going to be things that come up with the mortgage application. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you, man, you gave me a lot today. Yeah. And I also didn't know a lot, but I'm going to work on no, it. You're, I hey, they don't teach this in school, which is the whole reason I like to do the podcast. Um, so thank you for coming on. And then for, all of our lovely listeners, the best place to uh, get up-to-date information is on Instagram at the Future Rich Podcast. And we are also partnered with SUNY Ulster for our online uh, personal finance classes, which you can find at www.planancial.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.